Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. I love being in the house of God with you this morning. I felt like that ended very abruptly. We good? Can you give God a huge hand of applause here for lifting up and saving the Waranko family? Oh, man. Can you imagine a family that, that has no eternity with God and God intervenes like he intervened in your life and saves you? Oh, my goodness. I'm getting all worked up. Are you ready for a new series today? Venue Air Day. Too busy not to. Too busy not to. Today, too busy not to read. Too busy not to read my Bible. Here's something that'll blow your mind. You are the product of words that you listened to and repeated yesterday. You are the product of words that you listened to and repeated yesterday. Let me set the scene for you. We're going to be moving through the life of Joshua. There are five things in his life that you need to know in your life. Moses, Joshua's uh, mentor, is dead. Millions of people are looking now to Joshua to lead them. Joshua knows that he's not Moses. You remember the Moses, right? The Moses that, that brought a tribe of slaves out of the hand and the oppression of Egypt. From the armies of, of Egypt came out a people, the Hebrew people, who were a band of slaves. That's all that they were. Moses brings them out. He brings them to the edge of the Red Sea. He lifts up his hand because God tells him to. He lifts up his hands and his arms and the Red Sea parts. And they walk through the middle of the Red Sea on, on dry ground. Pharaoh's army follows them and are wiped out in a matter of minutes. And Joshua got to follow this guy. It gets worse. Setting a people free from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, was relatively easy compared to what God was calling Joshua to. It's one thing to free a band of slaves and wander around a wilderness, but look, nobody's going to attack you in the wilderness because nobody owns the wilderness because nobody wants to. <laughs> Joshua has been given a commission to go and take all of the land of Canaan, walled cities, armies that practice. Armies with swords and stuff. <laughs> All the firepower, everybody around Joshua, he's got this impossible mission, following an impossible leader. If you're going around in a circle and telling your life story, it's super hard to follow the guy who cried. You know what I'm talking about, guys? And he's following the guy who cried. He knows... Just like somebody here knows that what God has called you to do, you haven't done before. And you're actually, he knows inside of himself that he is completely incapable of doing this. He knows that nobody could live up to the expectations that the people have of him. Nobody. What does he do? After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He wasn't the son of a nun. If you didn't grow up in church, thanks for coming. I'll explain this. I'll break this down for you. He was the son of a man named Nun. There were no like Catholic nuns at the time, so he wasn't the son of a nun. That would be very confusing. If you don't know, if you don't know, right? If you didn't go to Sunday school, that's fine. After the death of Moses, the nun's son, God, God spoke to the nun's son, and he said, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, this is when you go to pray and God tells you something that you know. Like, I know he's dead. I know he's dead. Everybody looking at me. That's why my armpits are all sweaty. Thank you, God, for pointing out the obvious in my life. Yeah, I know. I know. God is just, Moses is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. And this is what I want to say to you. I don't know what brought you here today. I don't know if somebody promised you lunch. You're going to get more than lunch. You're going to get a call of God on your life because there's something in your life, whether you believe in Christ or not, there's something in your life that you're here to do. And it will be way bigger than you can do. And God's word to you is, look, he's saying, I'm calling you. Quit looking around. I know your brother's better than you are. I'm better looking and skinny and all that stupid stuff than my brother is. I know. I forgive him. But God has called you. I'm saying that to somebody. God has called you. Just like he called Joshua. To lead these people. Well, I don't lead millions of people. Somebody somewhere is looking to you. And if you don't get to them, they're not going to spend eternity with God in heaven. They're not going to get what they need. I mean, if you've got kids, people are looking to you to influence their lives. The person at the coffee shop needs you. Your employees, they need you. I've called you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever, get this, and this is a promise that you can take home. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. Do you see how God sees Canaan here? He's like, when you're walking on it, I've already given it to you. It just hasn't happened yet. That's something you need to know that your destiny has already happened in the mind of God. It just needs to be fleshed out in your life. Well, that's not what we think, is it? But God, that's not my current reality. God's like, I'm a little bigger than your current reality. So, I have given you. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. And, and there's where we all go, like, nobody's going to fight against me. That wasn't uh, Joshua's story. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. People will come against you, but nobody will be able to stand against you. Right. Meaning every inch is going to be a fight. Right. Yeah. But the promise from God is no one will be able to stand or withstand you. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Now, it's easy to take when it's God's promise to somebody else. Because you look at their life and you're like, hey, but they got it together. You like my shirt? Get it together. This series, I'm going to show you how I had this shirt made up for this series. Not as found it in the story. I thought it was funny. It's kind of my, my life motto. Get it together. I'm a great counselor just because of that. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Just get it together. <laughs> That's why other people do the counseling. Um, but here's Joshua. It's easy when God gives somebody else a word. You can believe it for them, but can you believe it for you? Because you don't got it together. Be strong and courageous. Now, how many people know that when God says something to you, he's saying it because you're feeling the opposite of it? So Joshua's like, I'm I'm weak and my knees are shaking right now. Then he says this, and you're not expecting, he's not, Joshua's not expecting to hear this part. You ready? And this is God's word to you. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. See, God's promise in your life isn't enough to get you into your destiny. 
you have to place yourself under five disciplines that we're going to be talking about that Joshua had to employ in his life. Meaning you can't see yourself as above your discipline because your discipline is the path to get you to your destiny. And I'm going to show you five disciplines in this series that if you employ these things, they will get you to your destiny like Joshua got to his destiny, his impossible destiny. He says, if you don't turn away from these things, then you will be successful in everything you do. Now, some of us, like we're good at about 30%. Like 30% of our lives are worth working, about 50% is a bit shaky, and whatever the math rest is, is a disaster. <laughs> right? But he promises that you will be successful in everything you do. Listen, study this book of instruction continually. What's he talking about? Well, see, Moses, if you don't know this, Moses penned the first, by the Holy Spirit, penned the first five books of the, of the Bible. So this is what he's talking about. The Old Testament, uh, Genesis, Exodus, right to Deuteronomy. He's talking about this. Now, if you're a Christ follower or, or if you're living in the world today, we have the Old Testament. Now the Old Testament is fulfilled in the New Testament. So the Old Testament is just as applicable, but the promises have come true in the New Testament. So how much more do we have this word of God, the spoken word of God, then you will be successful. Study this book of instruction continually. Joshua, you want to make it? I'm going to show you how to make it. Study the book of the law continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. See, Joshua, like you, facing your impossible task. You all think that you have an impossible task. And it feels like that, and I get it. Joshua needs something that will lift him up above the challenge, lift him up above himself as he currently is. And God gives him five things as we study in the life of Joshua. And the first thing is, we get too busy to read our Bibles. Now, if you're not a Christ follower, everything you read in the Word of God is still a promise to you, and it will work. It's like a math equation. God's blessing follows His Word. When you obey God's Word, it works. Try it, I would say. Test it. I don't, I don't have to defend the Word of God because it is the Word of God. He can defend it Himself. It works. But if you want to reach your destiny, there are going to be five things you're going to have to do. Now, I think in the Bible that God gives us extreme examples of what Joshua is facing here so that we stop feeling sorry for ourselves and we get rid of our excuses. Because you all think that you're too busy to read your Bible. Can I just get a little? And Joshua, like, you too busy? I got millions of sons and daughters of slaves and their parents were a bunch of jerks. I got millions of people problems. You think you got people problems? And so-and-so down here in the third division of the army really doesn't like his boss. And he keeps telling me about it. And this person over here doesn't like their neighbor and wants their tent moved. And this person over here needs a permit to build something. And this person times several million people. Can I hear an amen? And you got problems? And God says to Joshua, find the time. Find it. See, here's the thing that this series is about, and this should help you with these disciplines. I'm not asking you to, to add something completely new to your life. 
I'm asking you to change the disciplines that you already have. The beauty about this is if you're battling an addiction, you can't just, you can't just erase an addiction from your life. An addiction from your life. You, you, I'm not asking you to serve a completely new God. What I'm asking you to, to do is to throw over the old God and to serve a new God. And so you can't replace an addiction with nothing. Place, replace it with an addiction to something that's good. You're already disciplined for the results that you have right now. And we go to God every day and we complain about them. He's like, you're reaping what you're sowing. That's how it works. So why don't we change what we're sowing? You're already sowing what you're reaping. Change the seed. Change the discipline. You're already disciplined in the morning to look on Facebook. You're getting the results of Facebook in your life. Hallelujah. Facebook saved my life. I got a new recipe for potato soup. Well, if your destiny is to make potato soup, good on you. Too busy not to. Here's what we're going to be going through in this series. You ready? Read. Too busy not to read my Bible. I'm just too busy not to read my Bible. Every day. Too busy not to rest. Did you know that? We don't have enough rest in our lives. Somehow you've got 16 hours of video games planned for tonight. And no rest. You're tired when you come to church. You've been up to 4 a.m. playing video games. You've got no rest. Rest. Look, you can rest or you can panic about the rest of your life. In the rest times, I'm not going to preach that. You're going to have to wait for it. That's next week. Rest. Schedule rest into your life. In the rest moments are the moments when God speaks to you. Shifts things. Too busy not to relate. Too busy not to pray right. Not to relate to God properly. Did you know that when you come to God... Here's our attitude as Canadians sometimes. Like, I pray any old way I want to. If the Queen of England knocked on your door, would you be talking any old way you want to? Would you? (laughs) You're talking to the God of the whole universe. Jesus is like, he talks to a whole group of professional prayers, so don't feel bad if you don't know how to pray right. He talks to a whole group of like professional prayers and Pharisees and stuff, and he's like, guys, you're doing it all wrong. They're like, but this is what we live like, this is what we get paid for doing this. And he's like, you're all wrong. You don't know how to pray. So Jesus is like, when you come to my father, talk like this. Have you ever wondered why your prayers don't get answered? Your approach is everything. Uh, number four, too busy not to restructure. If you do these five things every day, something will begin to shift in your life. And they don't take any more time than you're already spending doing something else anyways. And... The last thing, too busy not to remember. We sang a song called Hindsight today. Do you know why God can do the next thing in your life? Because he's already done something for you that you've forgotten about. That's what gives me the confidence to move forward into my destiny. Because David didn't kill Goliath out of the blue. He had already killed a lion and a bear. And the only way he could kill Goliath is because he remembered what God did with the lion and the bear. There's something that God has already done in your life that you've forgotten. Oh, this is going to be good. Have you ever noticed um, that language changes kind of from generation to generation? <laughs> All the young people are like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? It's like how everybody used to talk. No, it's not how everybody used to talk, y'all. I watch a lot of like competition shows and cooking shows. I don't know why, because I only make eggs. But um, then Aaron watched like Gordon Ramsay make eggs, and, he, and she can actually make eggs way better than I can now, so that was depressing. But um, I noticed something with the, with the millennial generation and the younger generation is this thing that they say that I don't ever recall uh, having said. Now, 
my group of friends were largely like, um, how do I say this? A lot of them came from good families, so that might not be your story. A lot of them came from good families, but also kind of more like rural backgrounds. And so we learned how to work really, really young. And, and our, our parents were the baby boomers. And so now when I say millennials, I mean more, more kids of the parents who were hippies. They created a different sort of a child. <laughs> All y'all, I'm just saying. And so one thing that I keep hearing in these shows is when a person is getting their food adjudicated or judged, one thing I, I hear them say, like, and it's such a high percentage, and every time I just laugh to myself a little, is this, and there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, that was my dad. There's nothing wrong with it. But I can't ever remember having said this in my entire life unless I was having a laugh about something. Was this, you ready? I'm so proud of myself right now. I hear kids say this all the time, and look, there's nothing wrong with it, and of course I've done things that I'm proud of, and I guess I'm proud of myself, but the first time that I ever heard that, I remember thinking to myself, it was just a shock to me, anybody else find that a little bit weird? I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm proud of myself, and I just kind of put my head down and laugh a little bit, I'm like, I'm so proud of, what does that even mean? I'm so proud of myself, like, all y'all, you don't know, because you didn't have my dad, that's why, I'm so proud of myself, I'm thinking to myself, I don't, I don't really get that, and then... I, I turned to Aaron one day, I'm just like, what does that mean? I'm so proud of myself. You know what I'm realizing? Is that I had a gift from my parents that I didn't need to be proud of myself. Because they were. The difference back then, if I can just be honest, is that you actually had to earn a compliment. Preset, Corey, I know. Like, there was no like, hey, great job if you did a crazy, terrible job. Then you heard like, hey, you did a crazy, terrible job. And then when you actually did something, you actually got a reward for it. There wasn't participant things for everything. Congratulations, you did what you were legally required to do in past kindergarten. Congratulations, everybody. Now we just used to go into the next grade. I mean, that was just kind of normal. But here's what I realized. Here's what I realized is that, is that we are f- having to find worth in ourselves now. Because if you're not proud of you, you don't know if anybody else is going to be proud of you. You don't know. And so what we're starting to do is actually try to find our self-worth in ourselves. But the trouble is when you find it in yourself, and your worth will, will inform what you do and your actions. But is that what God intended for your life? Now you can say, like, but Pastor Carl, you don't even know the family I came from. I'm telling you that no matter what family you came from, there's a shift that needs to happen in your life that is completely available to you this morning. See, you're the product of words you listened to and repeated yesterday. Good or bad, you're the product of words that you listened to and repeated yesterday. Where did you hear those words from? When I talk to my daughters, we've been working about this whole reading my Bible thing in the, in the past six months in our home, and every morning when we get up, my kids come downstairs and they see Pastor Aaron and I reading our Bibles. That's the first thing that we do, reading my Bibles. And my kids come down the stairs, and we're training them, and we're training them, and it's taken six months. We're training them every day, read their Bibles, read their Bibles, read their Bibles. Now they open up version, and I'm going to show you how version works if you're not on it. If you have it on your phone and you're neglecting it, we're going to get back in the habit of it today because it's a habit that, here's, here's, here's what I want for you. If you employ these five habits, you will get to the end of every day having felt like you mattered. And if you don't, you won't. Straight up. If you do these five things, you will get to the end of every day in the hands of God. Not panicking because you blew up a whole bunch of stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that your whole day is going to go well, but you'll be found in the hand of God. And you will know that you matter. 
if you get the words that God is speaking over your life first. First. I have, I have girls. Way too many girls. And they're emotional. The first words that I want them to hear in the morning are the words that God has to say. Now here's the thing. I can seed good words into their lives, but someday I'm not going to be there for them. They're going to be married to like some other guy. He's not going to be married to me and like some guy. Treat my girls right. Hey, the last thing I want is for them to have to go to their husbands for their worth. Because their husbands are going to be as flawed as their dad was. And a lot more flawed if... But listen, I'm trying to build these words into them every morning. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of what you're doing. I'm not proud of you just for getting up in the morning. I'm proud of you for getting up in the morning and opening your Bibles. Great job. Great job. You hear what God has to say about you. It'll change your day. Great job, guys. Great job. See, but the words that you listen to and repeat, there's something so powerful in that. The words that you listen to and repeat about yourself, the words that you listen to and repeat about yourself inform your worth. And your worth informs your actions. If you saw yourself as God saw you, if you're a son or daughter of the living God, if not, man, come to the care corner and give your life to Christ at the end of this. If you're not, if you, your adoption papers have already been signed, by the way. I'm just saying, all you have to do is just be like, hey, God, I can't do this on my own. I give up control of my life to you. Now, please accept me into your family. Done. But when you start to see, you wouldn't sin if you saw yourself as God saw you. You wouldn't have to. Where would you have to go for pleasure outside of God? Outside of the God who created pleasure. Is this all making sense? Is this like too deeply theological for you? You are the product of the words you listened to and repeated yesterday. But here's where we go to, to find significance. Here's where we go to find our worth. We go to, to others. Now here's something you should write down. Remember this. Most people, when they speak words into your life, are not speaking according to who you are. They're speaking according to who they are. So when you see somebody bitter against God, they're not really speaking according to who God is. They're speaking, according, they're speaking about God according to who they are. So in, in my lifetime, I've had dozens and dozens and dozens, probably hundreds because I'm so popular, of people who have all sorts of things to say about me. Listen. All sorts of things to say about me. Most of what I hear that's negative is not necessarily my problem or my issue. Most of it is coming from who they are. Not really who, who I am. If your dad was a taker, you'll think God is a taker. That's just how your behavior will work out. That needs to be retrained in your head. Then you get married to a man, and all of a sudden he's a taker. And when he asks you to do something hard for your family, you're starting to, well, he, what does he want from me? Well, what if he wants something for you? I can demand a lot of things from my kids because they know that I only want something for them. When I discipline or correct them, I only want something, for, I want the best for them. But I won't accept anything less from them. But if that wasn't your, you have to retrain yourself from the words that were spoken over you and that you repeated so other people speak into your life, but a lot of that, unless they're a Christ follower, unless they really have a good understanding of you and your best interests in mind, and I'm not saying that only Christ followers do, there are other people who do, but unless they have a really accurate view of you, a lot of them will tend to speak into your life according to how they are, not according to how you are. 
in our small group this week. Man, I love my small group. I was waiting all Wednesday for my small group. You all don't even know, but like, I, don't, I don't even hate anybody in my small group right now. <laughs> I love it. I love the reconnection. We went around the circle. We had a communion this week in small group. And we went around the circle, and, and I'm realizing as I'm listening to people tell a little bit of their life story that they are the product of the words that were spoken over them and that they repeated about themselves. It's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. And I had to follow a guy who cried. I love in our small groups that you can start taking the mask off and just be who you are. It's okay. You can be loved just the way that you are. Amen. You got to get into a small group if you're not in a small group. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. Another person that we go to to get our worth from. And my story at the beginning had to do with this. We go to, I go to myself now. Meaning I have to find value in what I think and say about myself. Now that's a problem because myself can be easily tricked by myself. Every sin you ever did, you talked yourself into it. I could talk myself into any stupid thing, and I have. My whole childhood is is a product of me talking myself into stupid, crazy, ridiculous, risky, body-injuring stuff. Hey, if 30 miles an hour is great, I'll bet you 130 is even better. Like a million times better. We should try that. Hey, mom, I said one day, let me push a Ryan's carriage. I just want to push. We're coming up on the top of a big hill. And I'm like, mom, you got to let me. And she's like, okay. And then, like, you know, the spirit of God came over. And she's like, whoa. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> there's two parts of me. There's the part of me that God owns. And then there's the part of me that's called the flesh that I don't trust at all. It is stupid. It will talk me into stuff. But here's the thing. You can be tricked. You can be tricked about yourself, about your strengths and about your weaknesses. And there's nobody easier to trick for you than you. But here's the other thing, that that the devil has watched billions of you walking around the earth, and he also has a pretty good read on on how to talk to you and what lies to sow into your head about yourself. And you can be fooled. And here's, here's what I want you to understand today, is that you are not stronger than the devil. You're a human. You're tiny. He's seen lots of you. He's really so much smarter than you are because he's watched many... And he's different than you. God in you is much smarter than the devil. God in you is much stronger than the devil. But you yourself are not smarter than the devil. And I see people trying to outsmart the devil all the time. The Bible says flee from temptation. You think to yourself, I can handle it. And God's like, no, you can't. Myself. But are you going to yourself? Are you the one who's having to speak words over you? I don't think that that's going to sustain you by the end of the day. I really don't. I want for you what what I learned when I was in in high school. I was lucky enough to grow up in a Christian home with with parents that loved me and taught me to read my Bible every day, but I noticed something. I'm a patterns person. Do we have any patterns people in the room? You notice patterns. You you notice when it comes up. You notice when it comes up. You're the type of people that we we don't make the same mistake like maybe twice, but not three times. Like That's what other people do. That's not what I do. Now, here's, here's the deal. Some of us, we repeat the same pattern. Now, in areas of my life where I'm stuck, I'll do it a million times in a row because that's how smart I am. But here's what I noticed about something. I, when I would spend 15 minutes every morning reading my Bible, 
When I got up early enough to read my Bible every single morning, every single morning I ended the day feeling significant and my day ended in the hand of God. Every morning that I left my, just left my Bible reading to the nighttime, there was some sort of thing that panicked me during the day. Now, I came from a disciplined family. I came from a family with very, very little baggage, which you probably didn't come from. And if I noticed it markedly in my life, it, was a, it had a huge impact on me when I finally looked back and saw the pattern. When I saw the pattern, it happened every single time I didn't give God his due in the morning. See, here's the thing about God. If you give him the first, he'll give you the rest. It's the same principle for finances. If you give him the first, he'll help you with the rest. If you give God the very first of your day and you read your Bible every day and you pray every day and you do these disciplines every day, you do these things every day, God will give you the rest of your day. This is the word that he has promised you right now. And so I noticed that when that happened and I saw all my friends making ridiculous decisions and I realized finally, like I'm like, they think they're greater than their disciplines. And the first words they hear are not the words of God over their lives. Nowadays, I don't even know what y'all do. Because we didn't have the internet. You must be a million years old. We didn't have the internet. Where do you go? Do you go to Instagram to find your worth? If I see one, I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. If I see one more, bathroom selfie. When I'm in the bathroom, man, it's just like, oh, whoa, dude, man, put a hat on, do something, cover that face. I love you, I'm just saying. It's a different generation, right? You're comparing yourself to the Photoshopped world that we live in. Nobody has any apparent flaws because you're not going to post that online. Who are you comparing yourself to? Sean, I'll need a little bit of time to work this out. You can kind of take your time here. The, um, you got a, another hour? No. Who said no? My, my own wife said no. All right. Um, Pastor Aaron is going to come and conclude this sermon now. You can't bluff a bluffer. I wrote that book. What I want for you is to start every day. I want more than I want my words to come to my daughters. I want God's words to come to them. It will combat the day that's coming to them. The day that is coming. It will prepare them for a war that happens that day. It it will get their feet on the right path. Listen, when you live life in Christ, it's not that bad things don't happen. It's that God prepares you for the bad things to happen. And when they're happening, God sustains you. And God helps you. And God keeps you in the palm of his hand. And if you do life the way that God wants you to do life, you will be ready for the challenges that come. They will be far too hard for you. Remember Joshua's life. They will be far too hard for you, but you will find yourself in the hand of God the whole time. Now, you can go through your life by yourself, or you can go through it with God. I want to go through my life with God. I have challenges that are coming tomorrow that I can't take a lot of time getting over, because if I do, then the people that follow me suffer. I don't want that. My small group suffers if I come and I'm bogged down every time we have small group. No, no, I need to bring my energy. I need to bring my belief to people so that no matter what I'm going through, I can help them. And the only way I can do that is to read my Bible every day. Every single day. First thing, first thing, first thing, first thing, first thing. Read it at night, read it first thing. First thing, first thing, first thing, first thing, first thing. I want to show you what my kids do, and this is what we've got them on. Now, we highly restrict their internet access and where they do it and everything else. But we have lots of devices in our home and phones and whatever, iPads and stuff. And what we do is 
is we like the social interaction with him, but what I want from my daughters particularly is I don't want them to get their emotional reads from anybody but God. Emotions are not God. How you feel about yourself right now is not what God feels about you right now. I'll bet. How you feel about yourself is the words that you say about yourself, and that's the reality that you create. And here's a, here's a thing that you don't know is, is today's reality. Now, we got honest people in the room, and so what we say when we're struggling is, I'm just being honest and I'm just being real. What you are doing is actually God's got a different reality for you tomorrow, but you have to speak the reality tomorrow, today. You can see the cup is half full or half empty. When you speak into the full parts, it gets more full. When you speak into the empty parts, it drains out. And God's word about you has this incredible belief in there. It's almost like he doesn't even know you. Because he believes in you. He believes in the best part of you tomorrow. And we speak those things into ourselves. And we speak those, the words of God over our children. And I want to show you how to get into the Version Bible app. This is, um, do we have these slides? Ailish, awesome. Let's put these up. This is the YouVersion Bible app, and I want to show you. Now, I want if you're not into this as much as you are or reading the Word of God, I want you to get into it far more. This here, go ahead with that first one, is the YouVersion Bible app. It is in the App Store on your device right now. If you want to take out your phone, do it right now. It takes as much time as it takes to run through the slides. So do this right now if you want to. Take your phone out. This is what it looks like. Type in YouVersion Bible, and that's what will come up second or third in there. It's got like 71,000 reviews in there. I, there's like you know, 150 billion downloads of this thing. And it's an incredible app that I want you to get in on because the word of God is in it. So you open this. There's also the usual version Bible Lens that does stuff on Instagram. Go to the next slide. And this is what my little girls were into, except for they've kind of graduated into the other one now. The Bible app for kids. It's awesome. It gets kids excited about the Bible. The most exciting book that was ever written. We open this up, and then this is what we find here next, is that you can sign in with Facebook, or you can sign up any way that you want to. You create an account. It takes like 20 seconds. Just make another password to add to the 400 other passwords that some 11-year-old kid in Asia already knows. And then when you open it up, this is what comes up, the next one. You know what I do every morning? I click on that verse of the day and read that chapter. It impacts my life every morning. It's exactly what I needed. I don't know how they do this. I don't know who the... It's the Holy Spirit. But every morning I read that chapter and it speaks right into my life right there. I just open that. I click on that. There, You can say, send me this daily. You can... I mean, right there, they're, they're advertising the Bible app for kids. Do you see that streak? 393. The only reason that's only 393, because this is my discipline. If I don't do this, the people that follow me suffer. My family suffers. I absolutely do this every day. And I'm not doing it because I'm proud of myself, because you know, I'm so proud of myself. I do this to survive, man. That's how weak I am. I read the Bible every day. I have to read the Bible every day. Go to the next one. There's a thing called my plans. Now, now go to the next one. Show me plans for... I'll bet you're feeling something like that every morning that you wake up. Find a plan. What I would say first is read the Bible first. Read a whole chapter of the Bible first. Find one thing in it to apply. Find the thing that hurts you the most and apply that. That's what I do. God will speak to you. But you can find plans for these things and God will, through the word of God and through the authors that uh, come into this, God will, will show you these things. Now, let's go to the next one. God will start to clean your life up. Okay, you see my friends? I got lots of friends. 
Some of you are on there, actually. Y'all need to read the Bible more because I don't see you on there much. All right, go to the next one. <laughs> you can add your Facebook friends on there. Then you start interacting with people. Then you start finding out what's going on in a person's day. Back to the verse of the day. Plans relating to the verse of the day. I love that. Go ahead. Now, here's how I want you to start changing your life. First, you're the product of the words that you hear and repeat. So what if we changed the words that we heard and we started repeating the words that we heard that we don't believe yet about ourselves? Give me just a sec here to catch up here, and I want to show you how I battle this thought. I'm going to land on something that's in your life right now. I'll never be enough. You feel when you wake up, you're not going to be enough for the day. You're not going to be enough for your kids or your marriage or your friends. You might get fired at work. That's how bad you are. <laughs> you don't know. I'm not going to be enough. Yeah, yeah. But in your strength, God, I can crush an army. With God, I can scale any wall. You start repeating words that God sees about you in, in tomorrow's truth. Not in today's reality. In tomorrow's truth. Truth is different than reality. Reality is just your spin on what's happening right now. But if you can't see God's hand in it, it's not truth. God's way is perfect. He's a shield to all who look for him. For who is God except the Lord? Who but a solid rock? My boss is not my solid rock. My God is my solid rock. I can crush an army today. Here, here's this. I'll never have enough. And my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's God's problem. It's God's problem. Here's one. I'll never be pure again. 1 Corinthians 6. Some of you were once like that. Starting to get a feel for it. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of Jesus, of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. You once were like that. Quit thinking of yourself like that because that's not you anymore. It's not you anymore. That's old you. That old you died on a cross. The new you is raised up to life in Christ. I'm a mistake. Here's one that sits in people's minds. I'm a mistake. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I'm a masterpiece. I was invented by the creator of all to do something special in the world. I was never a mistake. I might have been a mistake to my parents, but I was never a mistake in the mind of God. He made me in secret to do something great for him in this world. Come on. He made me in secret to do something great for him in the world. I have a purpose and I have a destiny. Here's one. I can't do this. It's too hard. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. All the weight of hell was on Jesus, and it could not keep him in the ground. That same Spirit dwells in me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to my mortal body by the same Spirit living within me. That's good. Let me pray for you. I think we're done. You going to read your Bible? It will change your life. Repeat what you hear God say about you, and it will change you. It will inform your worth, and when you, when you know that you're in the hand of God, you will get better. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we want to respect and lift up and honor the word of God today, even those of us who might not be Christ followers. There is, I mean, if you exist, God, there is this powerful thing called the word of God breathed on by the Holy Spirit. Every morning you speak to me, Father, exactly what I need for this challenge is coming in the day. 
every day that I wake up and read your word, Father, and every day that these people of yours wake up and read your word, Father, every day we can end feeling significant, like our lives mattered, because in spite of what came against us, we were still found in the hand of God, and we still did the job that you sent us on earth to do that day, Father. I ask, Father, for your blessing on everybody who will do this this week. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.